Welcome to another episode of the Intersection Podcast, brought to you by the Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business. I'm your host, Annalisa Wade, a first-year full-time MBA student here at Scheller. On today's episode, we have Dr. Alavi, Elizabeth L. and Thomas M. Holder Chair, and Professor of IT Management, and former Dean of Scheller College of Business. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Well, it's delightful to be here, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Today, we're going to talk about generative AI and its applications in business. Dr. Alavi, let's start with some general definitions of generative AI. Can you define that for us? Of course. uh, Generative AI is a class of AI systems and models that are trained on massive and very large data sets, leveraging machine learning, and they can produce output uh, that is new, content that is new, in a variety of formats, uh, such as sound, text, and images. What I would like to do is to also uh, offer a suggestion for another term that we keep hearing rather often these days, and that term is large language models, LLMs. Large language models are basically a group of uh, or a subset of generative AI that are trained on very massive and large data sets of text, such as text that exists on the Internet, and generate new content. And typically, LLMs and GenAI, the terminologies are used, often are used interchangeably. Having defined these models, what's different about them since AI machine learning is not new? Traditionally, or in the past, AI and machine learning in particular, those models have been really focused on very specific and narrowly defined tasks. For example, they would be trained and developed to predict churn in customers, or they would be designed and developed for playing the game of Go or they were designed or developed for uh, preventive maintenance on equipment by predicting breakdown on the equipment. What is different and exciting about Gen AI is really that it is a general purpose and very versatile uh, capability in that it could be applied to a variety of tasks in a variety of domains and contexts. does all of that by uh, processing natural languages. And the other aspect that is also very exciting about Gen AI and different and new is the idea that, uh, you know, in the past there were a number of tasks that would be considered human tasks, uh, things like generating new ideas, things like writing and storytelling, uh, developing software code, for example, or developing a creative marketing campaign. Those were all activities that were viewed as human activities. But now things are changing and we are seeing uh, LLM and generative AI models uh, that can really support uh, these types of activities and uh, demonstrate these types of capabilities. Uh, So the landscape is changing and the range of human tasks is uh, really decreasing. Uh, And that's another different aspect of uh, LLMs and generative AI. And as I mentioned, that's all done by being able to interact with the tool and technology 
uh, in very conversational and human-like way. Uh, that is really important because uh, that's a way, in the past, anytime individuals and human beings wanted to interact with computers, for the most part, they had to learn a programming language or use a very specific syntax and command language to be able to interact with the computer. This capability of uh, natural language processing is really going to change the way human beings use and interact uh, with computers. Um, frankly, in my opinion, we have started a new era of use and application of computers. We are definitely seeing that even today in the classroom, so I definitely agree. Can you give a few examples of how businesses are using these applications today? For example, a pharmaceutical company uh, has used or is using uh, LLM-based models to really identify drug molecules that can target very specific proteins that uh, cause disease. Now, the benefit of that is that it's really shortening the drug discovery uh, phase and increasing time and efficiency of this process. Another example is a uh, legal firm. They are using a system, another LLM-based, uh, large language model-based system. They call it Harvey. And what Harvey does is it really looks at, does research, legal research, summarizes uh, legal documents, and is able to draft and edit uh, simple contracts. Uh, now, this has resulted in the attorneys having more time to spend on complicated legal issues and serve their clients uh, better. Another example is Samsung, uh, the Korean company. Uh, they have been using uh, a generative AI capability internally. The name of that is Samsung Gus, and Gus is the mathematician, theoretical mathematician uh, that uh, um, created and discovered normal distribution. And uh, this particular generative AI is used by Samsung employees for the purpose of uh, language translation, for composing simple uh, emails, uh, and for, again, for searching documents and summarizing those, uh, really enhancing efficiency of these employees. An interesting thing is that Samsung is now planning on using generative AI capabilities uh, in their products uh, to make the uh, control of uh, their equipment uh, smarter and make it easier for their customers and consumers uh, to use their products and services. Again, uh, all kinds of ideas for enhancing efficiency and productivity. And uh, another example is uh, the some of the educational uh, companies like Khan Academy and Duolingo also applying Gen AI in their products, which are learning support systems. And uh, uh, Duolingo, for example, this is a company that is used for learning for foreign languages. Uh, they are using Gen AI capabilities to uh, bring in conversational practices, um, role-playing uh, with their users uh, to help them learn the foreign language uh, a lot faster and more efficiently. Um, do you want more examples? I think you gave plenty of examples. Sounds like a lot of innovation is happening with AI. That's awesome. So we gave a few examples of the current uses of AI with Samsung, Duolingo. What are some additional uses and applications of generative AI models? As a general statement, the expected benefits of generative AI and LLMs 
uh, or that they enhance efficiency and productivity and innovations. And interestingly, uh, research is uh, providing some evidence of realizing these benefits. Can you tell us a little bit more about the research findings? Uh, for example, a research that was conducted in a software development company, Fortune 500, uh, the uh, agents for customer support were given uh, a customer uh, support system that was uh, running on Gen AI. And uh, those customer support systems that were using the system uh, were a lot more efficient, and they were able to perform better and serve the customers better. Interestingly, uh, this group of customer support agents who used generative AI system, there was lower level of turnover among them, and the customers that they served were more satisfied with the service that received. In another example, uh, BCG, the strategic consulting firm, uh, they provided their uh, consultants uh, with uh, GPT-4, which is uh, the large language model that we most of us are familiar with. Uh, they provided their consultants, some of their consultants, with the tool, and another group of consultants were not given the tool. Then they gave them a task to perform, and the task was a creative product innovation task. Uh, interesting findings were that those consultants that were given GPT-4 to use, they improved their performance after starting to use uh, the uh, GPT tool. And overall, the consultants who used the tool were about 40% uh, in terms of their productivity and performance, 40% better uh, from those consultants that did not use GPT in performing the same task. Uh, a very good showing. Another example is uh, there were some uh, studies that looked at software developers, and uh, they noticed that software developers who used uh, the generative uh, AI model, uh, GitHub's um, Copilot, uh, they realized that uh, they were a lot more efficient as measured by the amount of time it took them uh, to perform a task relative to those software developers who did not use the tool. And uh, there are, again, other studies that they have looked at uh, professional writers. And those writers that used uh, um, generative AI, large language models, uh, they were a lot more productive uh, in performing a writing task. So these are some key examples. But what is important to note is that with these benefits also comes some risks that one has to manage and mitigate. Absolutely. The focus of your work is on organizational knowledge management and knowledge workers. How do you feel like AI can impact knowledge workers and maybe start by defining knowledge management? Knowledge work in general um, refers to the category of, of work that primarily consists of processing, cognitively processing information to create value-added output. Now, of course, every job, even manual lab labor, uh, requires some level of knowledge and know-how. But what is different here is knowledge work requires uh, a lot more information and a lot more cognitive processing uh, in terms of converting the input to the desired outputs. 
And uh, Gen AI can really have a major impact on knowledge work. And this is really important. It is important because there are some estimates that about 65% of workers in the U.S. can be classified as knowledge workers. So enhancing their productivity and enhancing their creativity and innovation can potentially do a lot in terms of economy and uh, business in general. Can you elaborate on the ways of supporting knowledge workers and give a few examples? Generally speaking, uh, generative AI, LLMs, can support and enhance knowledge work and can support knowledge workers uh, in uh, three basic ways. One is by reducing their cognitive load. Second is by boosting their cognitive capabilities. And the third way is by uh, providing information, sharing information. As knowledge workers, we are all inundated uh, with high velocity and high volume of information. Uh, there was a study done by Microsoft, and uh, they, uh, people who participated in this study basically mentioned that, for the most part, they don't have enough time in a day to focus on the core activities of their jobs. They are constantly having to respond to emails. There's this always on communications that they have to deal with. Uh, they have to search and summarize and look for information. They have to look at the new digital information that they constantly get in form of newsletters and other documents. Uh, so there seems to be a digital deficit. And by that, I mean a backlog of information that needs to be processed by knowledge workers. So one way that generative AI can really be helpful here is to help knowledge workers to process this backlog of information and reduce their cognitive loads so that they can spend more time on core activities of their jobs. Uh, for example, instead of having to look for uh, a particular item of information in pages and pages of digital data, uh, they can ask a Gen AI for that information and ask them to locate, search for the information and summarize the information. Uh, they can ask Gen uh, AI to respond to routine requests for information or um, respond to or draft responses to routine, routine emails. So there are different ways that they can really reduce their uh, information processing and their cognitive load. Uh, another way that uh, technology can be helpful, uh, and this is one of the new ways that we are seeing computers uh, sort of supporting human beings, uh, is by boosting cognitive capabilities of um, the users. And let me explain what I mean by that. Gen AI can provide, cap you know, support capabilities for critical thinking and creativity on part of human beings. Uh, there are some studies that have showed that um, using a large language model, generative AI capability, really enhances divergent thinking on part of people. And uh, we know that uh, divergent thinking usually helps creativity by connecting ideas and concepts together that normally people would not think of putting together. Uh, so there are ways that uh, technology can support and enhance creativity and critical thinking 
by uh, allowing people uh, to ask deeper questions and uh, really get to uh, consider information that would not necessarily consider or process in performing a task. The third way that I think is important and technology can help, generative AI can help, is by sharing information. In many organizations, and there's a saying that says organizations don't know what they know uh, because information is scattered all over uh, in various documents, in various con- uh, computer files, in various people's heads. Um, so one way generative AI can help is to try to bring uh, the knowledge of a firm together, uh, organize it, and uh, make it easily accessible in response to people's question. And in fact, uh, consulting firms are really using this capability. McKinsey and Company has created a Gen AI system that they call Lily. And what Lily does is exactly that. It brings together, organizes, aggregates, summarizes, synthesizes the knowledge of the firm and makes it easily available to people as they go about uh, serving their clients. I can definitely see how that would make firms a lot more efficient, all those different examples that you gave. Thank you. So what business functions and industries do you think can benefit most from generative AI? In my opinion, all businesses and all industries can benefit from effective, efficient, and uh, uh, ethical applications of Gen AI, particularly industries and businesses that are very information and knowledge intensive financial services, healthcare, pharmaceuticals, uh, legal firms, um, they all can really benefit from Gen AI capabilities. And some of the examples we talked about um, really fall in these uh, categories and these industries. As far as within a business is concerned and business functions are concerned, Gen AI can really, again, add value and be helpful in across the organization, horizontally cutting across different activities and different functions. Again, finance and operations and HR and research and development. Uh, but what is important is given the versatility of Gen AI and LLMs, it's important that organizations come up with a strategy for deployment of Gen AI in the organization because the situation that we don't want to have because it is very hard to uh, and very complex to manage and coordinate is having a whole bunch of Gen AI systems that are addressing and supporting different parts of the organization because from a data management and risk management it gets difficult uh, to manage that particular environment. What are some of the challenges business might face when deploying generative AI? At this point of development and at this point in time, some of the ethical governance and legal issues related to application of Gen AI um, are very complex and evolving, which introduces uh, risks Uh, risk factors in businesses uh, that one has uh, to take into consideration. For example, most of us have heard the terminology of Gen AI or LLMs hallucinating, which is the idea of um, producing the wrong answer or a harmful answer or making things up. Uh, Now, at this point in time, again, all LLMs and generative AI models at times hallucinate. Uh, 
But the range varies between from one tool to the uh, next. And a study showed that uh, the rate of hallucination can be anything from 3% to about 26%. But this is an area that is progressing and being corrected fast. Uh, so my expectation would be that soon uh, the frequency of hallucination in various Gen AI models is going to be reduced. Um, another thing is uh, the idea of misinformation and spread of misinformation. Some of us might have, some of you might have heard about this situation just a couple weeks ago where uh, the fake nude pictures of high school girls uh, were developed using Gen AI and they were spread out. Uh, so there are uh, lots of issues about this uh, quality of output information um, that one needs to really um, control for and be aware of in terms of risk management and mitigation. Uh, there are also potential for violation of intellectual property and copyright uh, laws because as generative AI gets trained uh, on all kinds of data, um, some of this data that they use um, might be copyrighted or could be infringing on intellectual property. Uh, so uh, there are lots of issues in that arena that needs to be sorted out and uh, uh, at this point are being debated and are under consideration. There are also issues around information security and privacy. Again, information leaking by using Gen AI, leaking into the public that shouldn't be out there. Uh, so there are certain risks that at this point really need to be uh, managed and mitigated. So you mentioned a lot of risks. What are some ways businesses can overcome some of these challenges that you mentioned? Generally speaking, it is very important that businesses um, develop and implement and enforce approaches to responsible AI. And the idea of responsible AI is ethical and safe use of AI technologies. And uh, there are three areas where uh, businesses should really focus on in terms of risk mitigation. One is in the area of data management and uh, this whole idea of quality of data. Because as I mentioned, um, Gen AI and large language models are trained on massive data sets. Uh, and there's a saying in computer science that says garbage in, garbage out. So if you want quality, correct information out of these Gen AI and LLM models, we need to make sure that the data that goes in is high quality. Uh, now, there, uh, Morgan Stanley has a system. They have generated, created a system and large language model system for support of their advisors. And uh, in terms of uh, this particular system, it's just to provide them with uh, financial and um, investment data so that they can serve their clients better. This system was trained on about 100,000 documents at Morgan Stanley, and uh, they were trained to make sure very carefully that data was curated to ensure the quality of data that is going to go into the system. In fact, Morgan Stanley has a team of about 20 people that their jobs is to bring together and basically make sure that the data that goes into Gen AI system is of high quality and uh, um, doesn't create a lead to 
to the risks that we talked about in this particular area. Uh, so uh, that's really important. And uh, I gave you an example about Samsung that they want to, they're planning on applying Gen AI capabilities uh, to their um, devices. And uh, one of the ways that they are, for example, trying to protect uh, the privacy of uh, the consumer's uh, information is uh, to bring portions of the Gen AI model, make it on device so that the information is not sent back and forth and remains in a local fashion to protect the privacy of uh, the consumers. Uh, so these are uh, really important issues in the area of data management and data quality. And uh, of course, uh, another area that is really important is the idea of um, uh, data security. Again, there are uh, organizational uh, policies, procedures that need to be developed uh, in terms of uh, data access and uh, issues around uh, who can access what information. Uh, the example I gave you about Morgan Stanley and their system, um, their system is operating on a private cloud and it is only available to the employees of Morgan Stanley. So again, another way of making sure that uh, privileged and protected and private information does not leak into the public. Uh, another area that is really important for risk mitigation in terms of what can be done uh, is in the area of user behavior. Once you develop your policies and procedures and guidelines um, for that we just talked about, uh, the next step is to educating and training users on these policies and uh, procedures and the governance issues uh, around uh, uh, use of technology. Uh, generative AI and large language model bring tremendous power to the fingertip of individuals. Now, there's a saying that says, with great power comes what? accountability and responsibility, right? So it is really important that the users that want to use these tools uh, really understand uh, what the responsibilities are and how to use these tools in a responsible and safe way. So they should be trained on what the tool can do, what it cannot do, when to use it, how to use it. And really important, uh, really evaluate the output, uh, not use it in a blind way. Whatever the system says, that must be the perfect answer. Uh, and in fact, again, um, there are companies that have created teams. Samsung calls it the red team that the job is to really challenge and look at and evaluate the output of their generative AI systems. And again, Morgan uh, Stanley, before they put their system into operation, they took several months uh, to test the system with about 300 of their global advisors. And only after that, they started making it available to others. Uh, and even now, after the system has been implemented, they have selected 400 questions they call it golden questions. And these are questions that they know what the right answer. They're not trivial questions, but they know what the right answer to these questions are. And periodically, they test the generative AI model by giving them these questions and uh, looking and evaluating the answer. Because another point to really remember is that generative AI and LLM models, as a result of 
usually as a result of interacting with users. They develop and they learn. So it's important that they are evaluated on an ongoing basis um, so we know that they are creating an accurate answer. That's good to know that the security of individuals and the testing is really something that's being prioritized. That's good to know. Or should be prioritized, one would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Given your line of work as an educator, how do you feel generative AI can be used to support learning and education? Generative AI LLMs are particularly impactful and useful for uh, knowledge and information-intensive industries. Now, education is highly knowledge and information-intensive, so Gen AI can actually play a key role. Uh, for example, when it comes to student-facing activities, uh, Gen AI can, first of all, be trained uh, with deep knowledge in a given domain, say chemistry or whatever the course might be all about. And then it can answer all kinds of questions for the instructor as well as the students, of course. It can explain concepts to students. It can give all kinds of examples about the concept. So in that sense, it's extremely useful to, in support of learning uh, and knowledge acquisition. And, uh, you know, it can personalize the material that a student needs to learn uh, in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that meets them at a level that they are, rather than going one size fits all. And uh, we can think of uh, Gen AI as a 24 by 7, tireless, non-judgmental tutor for students. That's huge. That's massive, especially as an MBA student. I can 100% relate to that. Dr. Lavi, thank you so much. You shared a lot of amazing tips and ideas and resources to learn more about generative AI. Super thankful for that. You're welcome. Any lasting words that you want to leave to our listeners today? Yeah, I think uh, one of the important things is to realize when it comes to generative AI and LLMs, the genie is out of the bottle. There's no way of going back now. Millions of people globally are now using these systems. So it is really important that we are deliberate in use of the systems, make sure uh, this they are used responsibly and uh, you know, they are put into ethical and useful and beneficial um, activities. You know, we encourage people to use these systems in the right way. My message to business uh, managers and executives is that it's extremely important that you develop your uh, governance, guidelines, uh, and uh, guardrails, frankly, for safe use of Gen AI and LLMs, and then encourage the employees after you train them on the risks and potential of these systems to use these systems to enhance their productivity and creativity and innovation. Thank you so much, Dr. Alavi. I hope you enjoyed your time here. I did. I enjoy and love to talk about these things. So thank you for your invitation. Absolutely. If you're watching or listening to this, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Intersection Podcast. Once again, brought to you by the Georgia Tech Shelter College of Business. We appreciate you listening. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or iTunes. Thank you again.